here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to get into this foreman, this Emily Coors, the things she has said and what she's doing. Uh, she was on the special grand jury, as you know. It was set up by the Democrat district attorney, elected district attorney, uh, to try and go after Donald Trump and a number of people around him in an unprecedented move. But before I do, as I have been watching the coverage of this East Palestine, Ohio community, which is a relatively poor community, a majority white community, a blue collar community it's interesting how that affects the coverage have you noticed nobody's talking about environmental justice or environmental equity have you noticed that Mr. Producer even though the trains go right through this community go right through it including with toxic chemicals Nobody has even attempted, including me, I'm just making a point, to racialize this as the usual bigots and racists on TV and other aspects of the media do. You don't see white privilege here, quote unquote. So it doesn't fit the, the modern narrative. That's where a different type of community you'd be hearing all of this. In the pages of the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost, on the Constipated News Network, on MSLSD, it'd be day in and day out, there'd be headlines, and Joe Biden would have been there already. And he would have been there attacking, attacking economic injustice, environmental injustice, big business. But there's nothing in it for him. 
These people tend to vote Republican. The congressman there is Republican. There's nothing in it for him. So we're on day 20 or so, and he's not there. And of course, we know that Buttigieg is not there. The APA administrators made two trips, one to drink water and say, see, it's clean. Now they say they're sending in the EPA to do the cleanup. The EPA doesn't do cleanups. The EPA hires people to do cleanup. The EPA is based in Washington, D.C. It's a top-heavy bureaucracy like all the rest. Like all the rest. There are no civil rights activists to speak for these people. There are no columnists at the New York Times and the Washington Post to speak for these people. Oh, you'll get a column here and there, I suppose. But no steady drumbeat, nothing. And the Secretary of Transportation who's constantly talking about equity and environmental justice and so forth, as I said, he hasn't found his way there yet. Vice President hasn't found her way there yet because they can't make political hay out of this. In fact, they would be criticized for failing to act and act quickly to do something about this. The division in our country, the abuse and maltreatment of people comes from the Democrat Party, comes from the federal government. President Trump, obviously he was there today in East Palestine, and he brought several trucks filled with bottled water. And he spoke to the people there. And the media say it's a press event. Joe Biden goes to Kiev, that's fine by me, walks through the streets. All of a sudden the sirens go off. He doesn't even cover his ears. He never misses a shuffle. Secret service is nowhere to be found. The Russians were told three hours ahead he'd be there. So they knew when to run the sirens. He didn't come under fire. Just a Beshlov historian. Like Lincoln did. Like Madison did. He didn't come under fire. It's in a war zone. Walk through North Philadelphia. Walk through cities all over the country. Even some suburbs. Those are war zones. I wasn't planning to start off with this, but I've just decided that somebody has to say what's so obvious. So I will. Now, we have the grand jury foreman who is on a media blitz going from event to event, media interview to media interview. Something's not right with her. I don't know what it is. Something's not right with her. But when you listen to her, what you conclude or what I conclude is this entire so-called special grand jury was a clown show. 
She was the foreman. It's a clown show. And so we will play some of this audio. Because the DA in this case had to know the foreman was a clown. She didn't pick the foreman. But she had to know what was going on. She runs the damn grand jury. She's an elected Democrat, Atlanta. And they want to indict a number of Republican legislators. They may be gunning for Rudy Giuliani. They might be gunning for Trump. And I would say this to all of those individuals. It is my humble opinion that it's now abundantly clear that you cannot get a fair trial should you be charged. With all the publicity coming from the foreman, a 30-year-old kook of the special grand jury set up and effectively run by the Democrat-elected district attorney. I would also demand an investigation of the forewoman and an ethics investigation of the prosecutor to determine whether she took appropriate action to shut the foreman down. This has been going on for 72 hours. What steps did she take to stop the foreman from doing media appearances? Whatever steps she took, they clearly weren't effective because it went on like a a Jerry Lewis marathon. She's out there making a mockery of the entire system. She's laughing. She's joking and the media participating. Is that justice in America now? I want you to listen to some of this. This is on CNN. Her name is Emily Coors. This is the grand jury in the state of Georgia. Cut one, go. Did you personally want to hear from the former president? I wanted to hear from the former president, but honestly, I kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because I got to swear everybody in. And so I thought it'd be really cool to get 60 seconds with President Trump of me looking at him and being like, do you solemnly swear? And me getting to swear him in? I just, I kind of just thought that would be an awesome moment. I can see how trying to get the former president to come talk to us would have been a year in negotiation by itself. So it sounds like that was ultimately <laughs> a battle that you all decided not to wage. Exactly. That's, that's kind of how it ended up. Was that and I'd be fascinated by what he said, but do you think he would have come in and said anything groundbreaking or just the same kind of thing we've heard? So at some point you don't need to hear 50 people say the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? At some point, you kind of start to get the gist. (laughs) None of this is supposed to be discussed in public in any just and ethical system. And I would argue this is prejudicial. We wanted to hear what he had to say, but we didn't bother because he'd be too difficult to get. I wanted to look him in the face, you know, get 60 seconds with him. So he would solemnly swear to tell the truth. I wanted to look at him. 
But we didn't bother negotiating because it would have taken too long. Cut to go. After everything that you've seen, what would your reaction be if the DA decides against bringing any charges after what you've seen? I will be sad if nothing happens. Like that's that's about my only request there is is for something to happen. I don't necessarily know what it is. I'm not the legal expert. I'm not the judge. I'm not the lawyers. But I I will be frustrated if nothing happens. This was too much, too much information, too much of my time, too much of everyone's time, too much of their time, too much argument in in court about getting people to appear before us. There was just too much for this to just be, oh, okay, we're good. Bye. And if it was just a perjury charge or perjury charges, would that be acceptable to you? That's fine. I will be happy as long as something happens. Unbelievable. I'll be happy. Something needs to happen. Look, you know, I'm no expert on this stuff. I was just the jury foreman. But all the time and effort and resources we put into this, all the court arguments we put into this, just too much to just say goodbye. So the DA needs to do something, which the only thing the DA can do is make a charge or not. I will be happy as long as something happens. Something needs to happen. Can you imagine your freedom is left to somebody like this? And that was yesterday. And we're not aware of anything that the district attorney has done over the course of the last two or three days to put an end to this. And she should have put an end to it the very first time that this special grand jury foreman showed her face. She's 30 years old on TV. Cut three, go. We do know, of course, one of the biggest questions remaining for everyone that wasn't in that jury room with you is how many people are in trouble here? What can you tell us about how many people you recommended as a group to face indictments? Now, this reporter, Kate Baldoon, she will be praised by her fellow corrupt journalists for participating in the corruption of the process. We don't do this to mass murders. We don't do this to terrorists. Not a single reporter has raised the ethics issues related to something like this. Not one. Why is that? Well, we know why that is. Because they don't seek justice. They seek the hangman's noose. That's what they seek. Go ahead. I well, thank you for having me, first of all. And I'm I'm hesitant to speak to something that the judge made a decision not to share. He uh, I don't know if everyone's aware of this, but there was a hearing um, about what parts of the report should and should not be published in its various forms. And the list, well, the sections that were removed were consciously chosen to be removed and I don't want to say I have better judgment than the judge 
That's totally understandable. Is it, would you say, when it comes to, there are, indi there are indictments recommended, of course. Is it yes. more than 12 people? Is it more than 20 people? I think if you look at the page numbers of the report, there's about six pages in the middle that got cut out. Allow for spacing. All right, we're going to continue this. I have to take a hard break. So she just said there's six pages in the middle allowing for spacing. It's not a short list, meaning there's a recommendation that a lot of people are going to be indicted. She was not free to, to say that. I'll be right back. Mark in. I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one -on -one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. So the judge specifically, well, I'll read what she says. I think if you look at the page numbers of the report, there's about six pages in the middle that got cut out, meaning the judge said, no, don't release those. Allowing for spacing, it's not a short list. Not a short list, she asked the reporter. I mean, when it comes to 75 witnesses, I assume, of course, it's not 75 people. Would you characterize it as 20-ish people? I can't say I counted. Okay, more than a dozen, though I think I had heard you say in another interview, I believe so, that's probably a good assumption. That is more than a dozen. Sounds to me she violated the judge's decision, the order. Those are six pages you're not supposed to be talking about, and she's talking about them. In any event, going to need some good, strong defense lawyers, and they need to take aim at the DA and this jury. I'll be back. I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one -on -one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. Mark Levin, America's passionately cerebral voice. 
Talk with that voice now. 877-381-3811. Elliot Williams is one of thousands of former federal prosecutors, and he's on the Constipated News Network today. He's been watching the jury foreman, and he's asked about this. Cut five, go. She wouldn't go into more specifics. I see you shaking your head, Elliot. She's just kind of talking here about some of the evidence, but there could be some more compelling sound out there. Sure, but but here's the problem that is created with a statement like that, Victor. The entire Fulton County, Georgia could potentially be, anybody in Fulton County who's 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 sort of over the age of 18 can be a potential juror in this trial. They're hearing now evidence that's going to be presented before them at trial and developing opinions about it, developing opinions about defendants. That, too, can taint the prosecution. If this individual who we're hearing from really wants these people charged with crimes so badly, she better shut her mouth about them because ultimately she could imperil their convictions if they ever reach that point. And on appeal, after someone's been convicted, that's when attorneys can raise an argument like, hey, look, uh, nothing was fair from the beginning here um, on account of the fact that the jury pool was tainted by information that was presented to them even before we got into court. Yeah. In other words, this so-called special grand jury was tainted. I mean, if you really want to be objective and you want to let the process play out, due process, if you want to let the process play out and let the chips fall where they may, you don't do media appearances, even before decisions are made about charging. And so the question is, what did the DA do, if anything, to to try and silence this uh, jury foreman? I already pointed out a problem, which is that she points to six pages of the report that were cut out. They were cut out by the judge. And she says, allow for spacing. It's not a short list. The reporter says, not a short list. I mean, when it comes to 75 witnesses, I assume, of course, it's not 75 people. Would you characterize it as 20-ish people? I can't say I counted. Okay, more than a dozen I think uh, I heard you say that in another interview. I believe so. That's probably a good assumption. Decisions haven't been made, and now this this jury foreman, this 30-year-old, is talking about those six pages, even giving numbers, estimates. And, of course, she's demonstrating that she does not and did not have objectivity. So I'm just raising this so those state representatives, Rudy Giuliani, Lindsey Graham, whomever else, President Trump, their lawyers need to take note of this. Very, very careful note of this because this looks like a, uh, a real Keystone Cops operation where the ends justify the means. And I'd want to know about each and every one of those grand jurors, and I think this may open the door to that, as it should open the door to an investigation right now. If I'm one of the lawyers. Right now, or maybe they want to let it play out a little bit if you get my drift, but at some point soon, what the DA has done to protect the sanctity of the grand jury process and to try and silence this individual. And what's amazing to me 
I think this is a Superior Court judge in Georgia. He doesn't have to wait around. He could act on his own, but he hadn't done a damn thing. He sees what she's doing. He doesn't need a motion to be filed. He already made a decision that those six pages shouldn't be talked about. Well, she's talking about them. Where the hell is the judge? Some of these local judges, Jay, they aren't particularly sharp. Remember that judge out of Washington State? She didn't know what Article One of the Constitution was, but she wanted to be a federal judge. Or more to the point, Biden wanted her to be a federal judge. But then again, Biden doesn't either. Maggot Haberman is at the New York Slimes, but she's also a commentator for the Constipated News Network. She wears many hats. She's supposed to be an objective journalist, but she's a partisan commentator. And she hates Donald Trump. So she's on with Poppy Harlow. Poppy. To give her opinion, not to report any news. Cut four ago. It was interesting um, to, to Don's point about what the what Trump came out and said on social media on Truth Social, thanking the special grand jury, saying total exoneration. And I can't imagine being Fonnie Willis right now. Like you've got your four person out there as you're trying to make this decision. It, it, didn't she say like? Did he actually read the documents when he said that? Right. Yeah. yeah, and this was not a total exoneration, frankly, any more than the Mueller report was a total right, exoneration. She talks, she thinks she's Chris Matthews. This was not an exoneration. Because they want you to believe that makes them sound smart. No, it makes them sound stupid, actually. She says this was not a total exoneration, frankly, any more than the Mueller report was a total exoneration. What you said about that, too. You know, Maggot, if you were investigated by about a score of federal prosecutors and three score of FBI agents, and you weren't charged with something, that's an exoneration. That's a clean bill of health. Now, Maggot may not understand the Constitution, especially the Bill of Rights, either. Trump was not charged with anything. And the fact that prosecutors write things in a document is meaningless. Because you can't challenge it. There's nobody to cross-examine. You can't present your own evidence. You can't do any of it. That's one of the reasons people have a serious problem with these reports, maggot. And if you were really a journalist, you would point this out. And he wasn't actually exonerated because, you know, go ahead about that too but that's i think a separate issue from what the grand jury forewoman is saying i mean she's given this extensive media tour i saw some quotes that i think she gave to the atlanta journal constitution where uh trump she was asked about that quote where trump said this is an exoneration and she started laughing and said oh that's fantastic i love that i don't see how that's helpful if you're a prosecutor because Fonnie willis still has to it's not automatic that charges get filed now that that seems like that's the likeliest thing to do Fonnie willis is a very aggressive prosecutor but this is just you know at least in my experience covering courts not helpful to a district attorney when they are trying to put their case together she's 100 percent right so why doesn't Fonnie willis stop her why doesn't the judge independently stop her from violating his decision and the, oh, that's fantastic, I love that, that goes to her state of mind that she was a partisan or she was not objective and impartial. Let me put it that way. That is the foreman. 
Why am I not using the word for woman? Because if a sitting associate justice of the Supreme Court cannot define what a woman is, who am I? Who am I to define what a woman is? And I'm not going to put up with the maggot Habermans and the others who pretend there's not a binary, biological, scientific fact between a man and a woman, except when they want to use the word woman. So I'm not dealing with that. So why should I call her a forewoman? I should call her a forebirthing person. But I'm not going to do that either. It just takes too much time. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that. And she starts laughing, the foreman. What do you folks think of that? And uh, notice that every one of the commentators, the former federal prosecutor, Maggot Haberman, they're not worried about justice. That is, they're not worried about the rights of the potential accused or charged. That's not what they're worried about. They're worried about how are we going to get a conviction? How are they going to get a conviction? They'll have appeals. They can argue that the jury was tainted, that the jury was was partial from the get-go. That is the grand jury. I've been covered prosecutions for you know, most of my life, my career. I know a district attorney. This is not helpful. It's not helpful to the DA. Well, what about the rights of the people whose heads are on the chopping block? And what about the ethics of the DA? Shouldn't she take some steps now? What about the Constitution of the United States? It does apply to Georgia. Even though they have their own state constitution, you could literally violate two constitutions at the same time, simultaneously. What about it? Is this the way people want to be treated in a criminal process? Where people are compelled to give testimony, compelled to give testimony to this grand jury, this special grand jury, without a lawyer. And then the jury foreman goes out before the DA makes decisions and starts spewing her opinions. Now she believes she's, she hasn't crossed a line, but she has. But she has, in my view. Not that she's necessarily prohibited from speaking, but she did violate the judge's order here. You know those six pages of the gaps? You know, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of information in there. Look at the page numbers. Six pages in the middle of that cut out, you know. Law for spacing, that's not a short list. What are you talking about? You know, the people we recommended to be indicted. 75? No, I'm not sure. I didn't count, you know. 20-ish? I didn't count. A dozen? Yeah, that sounds about right. She just talked about the six pages. What's the DA going to do about it? What has the DA done? And I think an argument would be made if the DA didn't do anything or anything effective, then the DA, in part, is responsible for this. Not directly, but her failure to act. Her malfeasance. Malfeasance. Google it. In this economy, you need to make... Every dollar count. You especially need to protect your retirement funds, folks. But huge investment firms, names that you know, 
who control trillions and trillions of dollars. Some of them run commercials on TV. Trillions and trillions in your retirement funds, your pensions, are risking your financial future playing woke politics with your, with your money. They're using a radical system called ESG. We've talked about this. And uh, it is the radical left agenda, the Marxist agenda, and they're doing it without your consent. So what they're doing is they're telling companies, you want money from us, you want investments from us, you want loans from us, you want subsidies from us. Well, here's our political agenda, and you better adhere to it. Well, wait a minute. We're supposed to maximize the profit for senior citizens and others, which is difficult enough in this economy. doesn't matter. We're telling you what we expect. So they're pulling investments from solid companies to advance their social causes, one of which is, of course, climate change and climate activism. Just recently, every Republican senator and Democrat Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia who said ESG puts our entire economy in jeopardy, introduced a bill that would prevent ESG from overtaking profits as a leading consideration for how your retirement money is invested. And many state leaders are fighting back, telling these firms to cut it out with your pensions. But to protect your pensions, in 2022 alone, state treasurers divested $5 billion from one of these investment firms Problem is, it's going to take a lot more than that. To learn more about how to fight back against woke investment firms, here's what I want you to do. These people are your advocate. Go to consumersresearch.org. That's consumers with an S on the end. Consumersresearch.org. They've been protecting consumers from fraud and abuse for decades. They're one of us. Go to consumersresearch.org to learn about their mission to protect you from these woke investment firms that are going to destroy your hard-earned retirement that's consumers with an s at the end consumersresearch.org paid for by consumers research i'll be right back Lovin. i want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement people are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well for one thing there's the crazy spending and debt created by biden and the democrats that huge debt affects your savings especially pensions iras and 401ks it's one reason americans get gold iras to protect their hard-earned savings well here's a company i trust to help you with a gold ira augusta precious metals what makes augusta precious metals different they'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. I agree with Mike Pompeo. If anyone thinks that Putin intends to stop with Ukraine, they're, they're, uh, they're smoking something. I agree with him 100% because he read what Putin wrote, too. He read it, too. So, as I continue to think about this, here's what I would do. This foreman may well be in contempt of court. That is, in contempt of 
of the order that this judge signed. Those six pages. She said, I'm not allowed to talk about that, and she did. So the prosecutor should be threatening her with a contempt or just seeking contempt from the court for her violating the court's order. Anything that's covered by the order. And if I'm one of the individuals they're targeting, I demand an investigation into this whole matter. What steps, if any, the district attorney... Look, I'm not doing this for my health. I'm trying to get these lawyers to do something. What steps, if any, the district attorney took and has taken? In other words, this process has been breached. And it's opened a hole for them to go through. And they should not hesitate. They should not hesitate because justice must be done. And justice isn't done just by the government. Justice is done by people who are innocent, too. She's doing a massive media presentation. And just to test this out, I had Mr. Producer try to reach this jury foreman to get her on our program. Now, we don't have her number, really, but we think he found the number or her email. Correct, Rich? And there was no response. Send it to five different likely emails. And you know what that tells me? That she would only do certain media. CNN. NBC. The Atlanta newspaper. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution. These are all liberal, pro-Democrat platforms. She may have done others. But she wouldn't come on this show. Why? Because it turns out, in my view, I don't believe she's impartial. That's why. <laughs> and she's out there, the 30-year-old. I don't believe she's impartial. Why do all those shows and not mine? My show has more listeners than all those platforms combined. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello America, Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I've been saying behind this microphone on Fox, on Levin TV, the ruling class wants power, power, and more power, and they don't want to share it with anybody. They don't want to share it with anybody, and yet they are incompetent. They are abusive. Some ways they're inhumane. They are that. You know, President Trump had a real identity. He had a real connection 
with the average person. By the average person, I mean not the billionaires and millionaires, on the other hand, not the people on the dole, but the people who work in this country. He had a special connection with them. Unfortunately, there are fewer and fewer of them. Fewer and fewer of them. Fewer and fewer of you. And I'm talking about all backgrounds, all races, and all the rest. And I always have to say that because there are people who are just so unhinged that everything they think about is race. This is not about race. Donald Trump brought pallets of bottled water. Donald Trump went into a food court or a diner. I couldn't tell. And he said, all the police, all the firefighters, you know, free, free hamburgers, all the people around him, he said, give them, it was McDonald's, okay, free hamburgers, make sure everybody gets it. I've called him in the past a blue-collar billionaire, because that's what he is. He's a blue-collar billionaire. Joe Biden pretends to be blue-collar. He's never been blue-collar. He's never made an honest dollar in his life. You might say that Trump was born rich. Okay. But the men who poured the concrete and drove the trucks and laid the bricks, the men who, who built things, skyscrapers, He knew who they were. He worked with them every day. Every single day. Not Joe Biden. Lunch bucket Joe. Joe Biden never carried a lunch bucket. Scranton Joe. Joe and his family left Scranton when he was about five years old. He never looked back. He goes there to try and win Pennsylvania and persuade people that he's he's one of them. He's never been one of them. And he's not today. Now, unlike so many conservatives, you won't hear me matching Ukraine against Palestine, Ohio. One has nothing to do with the other. But Biden needs to take care. Use the federal bureaucracy. Use the EPA. Use all this stuff that they've created. All these bureaucracies and rules and everything else to try and help the people in Palestine, Ohio. FEMA refused to give them one damn plug nickel until Trump decided to visit. And they did an absolute U-turn. That's not a way to run a country. Our country. Joe Biden used to sit back when a hurricane hit Puerto Rico. He would attack Trump. He would insinuate that Trump was racist. That's why he wasn't helping the people in Puerto Rico. The left, the Democrats, the media pulled the same thing when we had the hurricane in New Orleans. They pulled it against George W. Bush, but Bush has a short memory. Pulled the same thing. They look at These horrific tragedies, whether caused by Mother Nature or by man, 
as opportunities, political opportunities. Political opportunities. Now, there was a piece I came across. I don't remember where I originally saw it, or I'd give them kudos. But it's a piece at a site called ivyexile.subtac.com. And we will post it on the uh, marklevinshow.com homepage, as we do all the articles. The Ivy Exile is the pseudonym, the view from the top. And this person writes, Among my jobs for Columbia Law, Columbia Law School, was covering endless dinners, soirees, and galas, often several a week, thrown at fancy midtown venues from various firms, societies, and journals, and wear a tie and write up nights, as major social and intellectual happenings attended by everybody who was anybody, mainly to accompany our expensive photographer's glamour shots. Beyond flattering students, alums, and donors, I had to demonstrate that the school's Office of Communications and Public Affairs was proactively on top of things. As such, I'd arrive early to shake hands with VIPs, and then as guests drifted in discreetly down as much as I could from the open bar, I told myself it was to help break the ice, but it was more that most of the events were so damn depressing. The lawyers and law students I hobnobbed with drank even more, as their 80-hour weeks pouring over footnotes were even worse. Any gathering far enough from identity politics like intellectual property or fine points of mergers and acquisitions could be fascinating. Top minds breaking down ambiguities of case law and pending litigation. But areas easier to politicize, and particularly events co-hosted by the Office of Social Justice Initiatives. We're almost guaranteed to be tiresome slogs. Even before the utopian self-promoters I was paid to lionize were zealous students and alums sloppily happy to tell a reporter what they really thought. Again and again I'd hear how we, the global meritocracy, would have solved poverty and inequality and climate change long before, if not for evil saboteurs. We were enlightened administrators of the rational future civilizing brain savages for their own good. Feelings in our collective gut amounted to the sum of human wisdom. We'd read the New York Times and realize, of course, we'd always known. Amongst an increasingly international crowd, Americans tended to be intensely jealous of peers from the European Union, and especially China, where elite experts had more latitude to dispense with troublemakers. Due to stupid separation of powers in our obsolete constitution, we in the U.S. were prevented from fixing things by neo-Nazis out in flyover country. But thankfully, loads of old white racists were dying off each day and righteous new immigrants arriving. So it wouldn't be long before global citizens like us would take charge. And woe to the wicked. Vengeance would be sweet. Oh, how the pigs would squeal as we finally force social and historical and cosmic justice. The louder they bitched and moaned, the better a job we'd known we were doing. Far from advising indiscreet hotheads to tone it down, old lawyers, law professors, and even judges were expressly envious of the next generation's willingness to tell it like it was. These truths that everybody who was anybody already knew, they gushed about our vision and passion, 
and wish they were our age. After an hour, the help would come seat us, replacing whiskeys with wine, and blustering would continue over bread and butter until former spiels began. I'd take notes on Professor's remarks as salads and entrees were served, generally lukewarm salmon in rented rooms at the Princeton Club, or occasionally steaks at the 21 Club for better-sized events. Before dessert came, keynote speakers, typically sharp-elbowed New York politicos, and once even Barack Obama's Solicitor General of the United States. We were the spiritual and intellectual vanguard at Columbia. They'd always suggest undersung heroes safeguarding societal sanity. So vast was this right-wing conspiracy, so rife the disinformation, that extraordinary measures were required to protect our democracy from the masses. Evenings waned over coffee and cheesecake, with selfies and business cards. After a few final group photos, most drifted out the door ever more secure in their convictions. In the morning hungover, I'd squint at my notes to extract and burnish the most quotable bits, and consult with colleagues on the most flattering or least unflattering photo selects. In between covering lunchtime talks and pitching faculty scholarships, I'd spend my afternoons honing stories and tinkering in Photoshop to soften blemishes, whiten teeth, and stretch images a few percent to make everyone taller and thinner. By the time drafts passed muster with my editors, they'd become smooth like concoctions perfect for fundraising. Not quite what I'd intended, still trying on some level to practice journalism, but impressive enough for what they were. My problem was ambivalence turning to guilt. Day by day I was making gleefully autocratic ideologues look reasonable, generating slick PR idealizing, and so forth. What do you think of that, folks? I think that perfectly sums it up. And so there they are. The EPA. And as I said at the opening of the program, whatever happened to environmental justice? Whatever happened to equity? White privilege and white domination. You ever seen a military cemetery? You ever been to Arlington Cemetery? I've mentioned this before. It's filled with mostly men, not exclusively. Mostly white, not exclusively for sure. Mostly Christian, not exclusively for sure. Mostly straight, not exclusively for sure. With all those head markers... Do they seem privileged to you? Do they seem like they're dominating to you? I ask you. And why so little love for the people in Palestine, Ohio? From the Biden administration. Joe Biden is an ambulance chaser. He's a racial ambulance chaser. He was when he first came into the Senate as a racist and a segregationist 
an anti-black racist. And now look at him. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, when the going gets tough, you can count on big business to have your back. Well, not really. You certainly can't. Because we all know big business, especially big wireless business, is going to lock you down into multi-year contracts with huge penalties. Not pure talk, no. The no-contract wireless company. And the only wireless company to offer 100% money-back guarantee. That's right. Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their ultra-fast 5G service that if you don't, they'll give you your money back. So instead of paying a fortune to Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile every month, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk, my cell phone company, and then start enjoying the perks like a U.S. customer service team that will make your switch easy. Supporting a company that's veteran-owned and shares your values and who has you covered with a money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I want you to listen to this clip from Donald Trump in East Palestine, Ohio. Cut seven, go. What this community needs now are not excuses and uh, all of the other things you've been hearing, but answers and results, and that's what I think you're going to say. See, uh, Norfolk Southern needs to fulfill its responsibilities and obligations, and I see that they're starting to come here now, too, because they also were saying they're not coming. But it means that the affected communities beyond the borders of East Palestine, Palestine are uh, going to be taken care of. And they've said so, and they've said it loud and clear, and I think they probably mean it. I sincerely hope that when your representatives and all of the politicians get here, including Biden, they get back from touring Ukraine, that he's got some money left over, because we're now at $117 billion, and... As you probably know, Europe, when you add it all up, is at about $10 billion. That's a big difference, wouldn't you say? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you why I played this clip. Because this is the brilliance. Some of these MAGA folks don't understand Donald Trump. And by that I mean some of these guys on TV and radio. Trump would never abandon the Ukrainians. He once told me when it came to Taiwan, that Taiwan doesn't mean a whole lot to him personally, but we're not going to lose Taiwan on my watch. When you listen carefully to what Trump said here, Europe is at about $10 billion. That's a big difference. He's saying we're at $117 billion. Now, Hearing that, what do you think Donald Trump would do if he were president of the United States today, Mr. Producer? You're damn right. He'd beat the crap out of the Germans, the French, the Italians, the Europeans, until they coughed up tens of billions more. Ukraine would be in a much stronger position. Not only would they not have been invaded, in my humble opinion, not only would the Afghan people not be enslaved as they are now, not only wouldn't we have lost 13 troops going back, but let's move up. Ukraine would be getting many more weapons and much more money from Europe. 
if Donald Trump were president of the United States. The way he made NATO step up. He wouldn't slash support for Ukraine. He might adjust it. He might, he might cut some of it. And I guarantee you he'd make sure they got the right weapons. Because that's what a businessman would do, especially that businessman. But he would force the Europeans and he would threaten them to cough up the resources that they should apply to help Ukraine. That's what Donald Trump would have done. How do we know? That's his track record. That's his track record. Donald Trump was not a cut-and-run guy. Donald Trump was not a pacifist. He used prudence. He used common sense. Wasn't an ideologue either. Like a McCain or somebody else. No. So this, this is what he's thinking. We're now at 117 billion. That's what he says. Europe's at 10 billion. That's a big difference, wouldn't you say? So what is he thinking? Where the hell are the Europeans? Cough up the money. That's what Donald Trump would do. I'm just saying. There's no way he would turn his back on the Ukrainians. I can't think of any people on the face of the earth during his four years he ever did turn his back on. And he didn't put up with ISIS. And he didn't put up with the so-called Republican Guard in Iran. And he didn't put up with the Communist Party of China. And he didn't put up with Putin. He didn't put up with any of it. He didn't put up with what Mexico was doing with their drug cartels. Put his foot down. He didn't cut and run. Because the problem doesn't go away. It gets worse. So all the talk about Trump, the isolationist, cut, he even uses the phrase Reagan used, peace through strength, and he meant it. He built up the military, which has since been uh, horribly undermined. So I thought you'd want to hear that. Knowing President Trump, I know that's what he thinks right there. That's what he said. I'll be right back. You know, when the going gets tough, you can count on big business to have your back. Well, not really. You certainly can't. Because we all know big business, especially big wireless business, is going to lock you down into multi-year contracts with huge penalties. Not Pure Talk, no. The no-contract wireless company. And the only wireless company to offer 100% money-back guarantee. That's right. Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their ultra-fast, 5G service that if you don't, they'll give you your money back. So instead of paying a fortune to Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile every month, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk, my cell phone company, and then start enjoying the perks like a U.S. customer service team that will make your switch easy. Supporting a company that's veteran-owned and shares your values and who has you covered with a money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Nobody says it better than Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said, because nobody could say it better. Call in now at 877-381-3811. I want to remind you, folks, because I haven't reminded you in months, 
how to download the podcast so you can listen to it anytime, anywhere, any place. I always say try radio. If we're preempted or we're delayed or something's going on, you can always go to the podcast because we want to support all of our affiliates. But some people, you know, they do the podcast thing. Maybe they're runners or they exercise or whatever and so forth. And so we can live on multiple platforms, and we do. And we have significant audiences on all the platforms. So on the podcast, I just want to remind you, you go to marklevinshow.com. Now, what's that? That has been my mothership for 20 years. I even own the content on there. Can you believe that, Mr. Producer? That's marklevinshow.com. That's, it's three steps. It's so simple. You will see the audio rewind button or link. You click that, and then that'll take you to a, a host of sites that you can pick, podcast platforms, pick whatever you want, Google, Apple, Stitcher, whatever. There's, there's got to be like 10 of them there, Rich, right? There's a lot. We have a lot. You pick whatever you want, and then you're set. So if you happen to miss a show, happen to be preempted, can't get to a radio, there's always that. And of course, we have our great affiliates, and we have XM, Satellite, and Sirius Radio, which is fantastic. We have Mark Levin's show app. We have the iHeart Radio app. And on virtually every affiliate website uh, the program is streamed as well so you've got multiple ways to hear this program <coughs> excuse me multiple ways to hear this program but people ask me all the time so it's marklevinshow.com you'll see the audio rewind uh, link you hit the link and then you pick your favorite podcast platform and you're set it's that simple it's that simple um, what do you think of when you think of Florida, America? What do you think of? Do you think of crystal meth? Alligators? Yeah, I think of alligators, but do you think of crystal meth? Well, a uh, professor of School of Global Journalism and Communication at Morgan State University... Uh, he says, yes, that's what people think of when they think of Florida, and this will be a problem for DeSantis. You know, I thought I've heard it all. Uh, but this has to be one of the dumbest things. Let's play this. Cut 10, go. In my view, there are three states yet you can't really run from if you're trying to win across America. You run from New York. You're too crazy, you're liberal. You run from California, you're too crazy, you're liberal, you're trying to make sure I can't get plastic straws. You run from Florida, it's all crystal meth and alligators, right? Like, I mean, that's, that's what people think. And I'm not saying that that's the case. I'm saying those are sort of the national reputations of those states. So when you see Ron DeSantis running and claiming that he's going to do for America what he's done in Florida, it seems like that'd be a problem. I'm starting, is this guy a comedian? I'm just, just wondering. Uh, no, he's a professor. He's a professional. He's a professor. And uh, that's what he thinks of when he thinks of Florida. 
Well, don't you think of Disney also when you think of Florida? Now, something very interesting is happening. DeSantis is getting blitzed from different sides. You hear the uh, low IQ, relatively stupid Larry Hogan, who says, I'm a common sense conservative. Nobody knows what that means. It means that you agree with Larry Hogan, then you're a common sense conservative. If you disagree with him, then obviously you don't have common sense. Larry Hogan is a chameleon, much like Chris Sununu. Chris Sununu announced yesterday that you just cut a deal with the Democrats, you can get a lot of conservative stuff done, and you call to win and you move on. Uh, he apparently is not aware of what's happening in this country. Cutting a deal with the Democrats? How about we win a few? But if you got guys like Sununu and Hogan going into this, ready to compromise with the most radical Democrat party in American history, you got a problem on your hands. There are times in history when you have to take a stand, when you have to persuade the American people, when you have to lead, when you have to be a statesman. These guys are not. They've confessed that they're not. That's the way it is. But then I hear another argument being made out there. Nikki Haley's saying of Ron DeSantis, he didn't go far enough with the laws to protect little kids. It only starts, it only goes to third grade or something, she said. And I said, geez, what the hell did you do in South Carolina? I don't remember anything with respect to sexuality. And the, well, it wasn't happening then. Okay, whatever. And then I hear, well, DeSantis is going too far. He's going too far in trying to dictate the curriculum. That's not a small government conservative. We're talking about government schools, by the way. Then when it comes to Disney, we have a new line that's out, which is, obviously Ron DeSantis doesn't believe in limited government because he took the special tax status away from Disney because... They didn't agree with him. That's not why he took the special tax status away from Disney. And the special town status, or whatever you want to call it, he took it away because they were going into the legislature lobbying to poison the minds of our children against legislation that was proposed. And he figured, you know, you're going to use California values with the radical left, and bring him here. Why are we subsidizing you at all? Somebody should have looked at this a long time ago. So regardless of what Disney was doing, honestly, they shouldn't be getting the kind of subsidies they get. You've got a guy that runs that company, a chairman, who's running it into the ground for the second time, who's a billionaire. Has anybody tried to go to Disney World or Disneyland lately? Do you know what the hell it costs? Do you know what a hotel room on campus costs? You know what a meal in one of the parks costs? You know what it costs to get a card? Walt Disney's got to be spinning in his grave. Not only are they spewing this radical left-wing Marxist bullcrap, but you go broke. Friend of mine, he's modest income, took his kids there a year ago before all this stuff broke out. Three kids. Five or six days cost him $10,000. Now, that's it. So Vice President Mike Pence, who I like, 
He's a conservative. He's on CNBC today, but he doesn't like what's happened to Disney. He thinks Governor DeSantis went too far, you know. He went too far. His own words, cut 11, go. DeSantis did, though, with Disney in Florida, because there's sort of two ways to look at it. One is to say Disney spoke out uh, on a political or social issue. No, 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 no. Uh, It wasn't that Disney spoke out. Disney used its resources and lobbyists to defend the radical left agenda and to promote it. That's what they did. And they've been subsidized by the taxpayers of Florida for half a century. It's the place where kids go. And Disney can keep doing that. DeSantis can't pass a law and say, as a corporation, Disney can't lobby the legislature. That Disney can't have a point of view. That Disney can't do whatever Disney pretty much wants to do. But not on the dime of the Florida taxpayers. That's what he's saying. That sounds like common sense conservatism, quote-unquote, does it not, Mr. Bidus? Do whatever you want, not on our dime. Not on our dime. And they shouldn't have been subsidized anyway. Go ahead. Clearly was retribution politically against them. I think it's, it's uh, empirical. This is Ross Sorkin over at CNBC saying it's empirical. No, that's your opinion, genius. It's not empirical. Empirical is, that's a baby you're aborting. That's empirical. Empirical is Joe Biden has dementia. That's empirical. Empirical isn't, this is retribution. No. This was, you know what? If you're going to lobby the state legislature, do it on your own dime. It's amazing. If you are one of these woke corporations... How the media and the Democrats and the left come to your defense. It's amazing. Go ahead. He said as much when, when, when he did it. And so people talk about cancel no, culture. No, he didn't say as much. Uh, go ahead. We'll say, well, you know, they're canceling on one side. Right. The other said, well, look, DeSantis used his political power to cancel them. Well, I, I would say that, you- that's not what happened. And that's not what he said. And so the premise of this uh, diatribe should have been challenged by, I think, the former vice president. But here's what he says. Go. Number one is I fully supported uh, Florida's initiative to protect kids and protect parental rights. I was just in Iowa last week where literally there's a school, the Linmar Community School, uh, will allow a student to get a gender transition plan without parental notification or approval. Right. So we I fully support what Florida did about protecting kids under the third grade. Under but third I, grade. I, I have concerns right. about I mean, the follow-on. Look, Disney stepped into right. the fray. They lost. Uh, but then they, but they, the they idea of going became attacked. Right, why, why don't you shut up, Ross, and let him answer? We know you're a liberal kook. Just shut up. Go ahead. The, I, you know, I, that, was, that was beyond the scope of what I, as a conservative, limited government Republican, would be prepared to do. I didn't know that being a conservative, limited government Republican meant subsidizing corporations. 
How is that limited government, Mr. Producer? I'm a conservative limited government, uh, and I and you know, they have their own town, they have their own police force, they have their own. We set that up in 1971 or thereabouts for them, you know, so we can lure them here. And half a century later, uh, as a conservative limited government Republican, uh, I don't, I don't think we should take that subsidy away. Well, I do. And I think I'm a conservative, limited government Republican. They charge enough. They've gotten enough benefits over the last half century. And by the way, if they want to lobby the Florida legislature on behalf of the Democrats, on behalf of the teachers unions, on behalf of the woke employees, then they can do it on their own dime. They can do it on their own dime. The taxpayers of Florida shouldn't have to subsidize it. That's a limited government conservative Republican. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. You know, when the going gets tough, you can count on big business to have your back. Well, not really. You certainly can't. Because we all know big business, especially big wireless business, is going to lock you down into multi-year contracts with huge penalties. Not Pure Talk, no. The no-contract wireless company. And the only wireless company to offer 100% money-back guarantee. That's right. Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their ultra-fast, 5G service that if you don't, they'll give you your money back. So instead of paying a fortune to Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile every month, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk, my cell phone company, and then start enjoying the perks like a U.S. customer service team that will make your switch easy. Supporting a company that's veteran-owned and shares your values and who has you covered with a money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, I want to tell you a little secret. We have two huge interviews coming up. This Sunday, I will be interviewing for the full hour an exclusive and first interview of Governor Ron DeSantis and his new book. Uh, They came to me and asked me to do it many, 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 many months ago. And of course, I agreed. And when we do an interview on a book, obviously, we go deep and we often expand beyond the book. It's actually a, a very fantastic book. And then in April, I will be interviewing President Trump. Um, I will keep that project quiet because I am not at liberty to tell you, but I will be interviewing him as well. But this Sunday, it'll be a full hour, an exclusive interview, the first interview with Governor DeSantis about what he's written. I understand there's Fox Nation and the New York Post and all. I have nothing to do with any of that. Nothing. But Life, Liberty, and Levin, 8 p.m. on Sunday, uh, 
is the show that most of these people want to come on because they get the time to speak, to interact, to demonstrate how they think, what they're thinking, what they want to do, what they've been doing. And that's what we will do. Now, having said that, now all the backbenchers and munchkins will run around and try and grab him. It's not going to work. They came to me, and I said, okay, many, many months ago, as has uh, President Trump. It's an honor to do this. It really is. So mark that down. Get your DVRs ready if you can't watch it live, and I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, (laughs) 877-381-3811. I just want to send this message to George Soros and all the other radical nutjobs with all that money out there who are contributing to media matters. You're wasting your money. You're wasting your money. Here's the latest media matters. People send this to me. Fox is Mark Levin. Now, nothing I've said is on Fox. It's on Westwood One, Cumulus West. doesn't matter. We don't believe that it was the cleanest election of elections in 2020. So they cherry pick it, edit everything around it, and send it out to the media. So what? Here's their one today that was sent to me. Fox's Mark Levin. Donald Trump's not an old man, even though he's two or three years younger than Biden, he's not an old man. What else did I say? Remember that, Mr. Producer? I explained it. But media matters has learned how to do this from the best of the best, George Soros. George Soros. But they're not getting their money's worth because nobody gives a damn what they say. Nobody cares. Plus, if you want to hear what I say, what do you need Media Matters for? Explain to open your mic, Rich Cementa, Mr. Producer. Actually, Mr. Executive Producer. Tell everybody, if they want to hear what I say during the course of three hours, where do they go? Go to MarkLevinShow.com, click on Audio Rewind, and find your favorite podcast platform, and subscribe for free. 
So you can go to MarkLevinShow.com. You can hear the entire show in context, every syllable. Correct, Rich? How many years back do we go? I think it's four or five. We go back four or five years. How quickly do we put, let's say, today's show on the website? 9.45 Eastern, so 45 minutes after the show. 45 minutes after it's broadcast. Where do you think Media Matters goes, America, to listen to my show? They go to MarkLevinShow.com, and they go to the audio replay. And then they work through it, and they say, oh, look at this. Look what we found. And these guys get paid for this. Now, I would tell the media out there, the corrupt, radical left-wing, Holocaust-denying, Stalin-loving, Castro-loving, New York Times, and the rest of the media, go to MarkLevinShow.com and Audio Rewind. There's where I am. The whole thing for the whole world to hear. And so what is the purpose of Media Matters? What's the purpose of media? These guys raise money. They get donations from these billionaire, millionaire kooks on the left. They must sell them a bill of goods. You know, we're going to monitor. I don't to monitor anything. It's on my website for free. And we're expanding. Come back on live on the mic, Mr. Producer. Up, Mr. Executive Producer. What are we doing with YouTube now? Ooh, that's a secret. Oh, is it a secret right now? We'll have an announcement next week. We'll have an announcement next week. We are expanding the Levin Empire. More platforms. More video. We're expanding the Levin Empire. We're on cable. We're on digital TV. We're on terrestrial radio. We're on satellite radio. We're on podcast. We're on live streaming. And we have more coming. Not because you can't get enough of me. I want to be on enough platforms where anybody, anywhere, anytime, who uses or is comfortable with a particular platform can get a hold of us. We don't stand still. So it's like Media Matters has been left in the dust. Media has been left in the dust. What do you need him for? Ooh, look what Mark Levin said. I'm proud of what I say. If I make a mistake, I say something by accident, it doesn't come out right, I will tell you. It's not a problem. I'm the real deal. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Try and knock them off there. I'm not going anywhere. It doesn't work anymore. Let's say, God forbid, they knock me off terrestrial radio. I'm still going to have a podcast. I'm still going to have what we're developing, what we'll announce next week. I'm still going to be on Levin TV. So what? Not going anywhere. But we have great affiliates who are on to the Media Matters outfit, too. They're on to, now, Mediaite wants to be Media Matters. What is Mediaite? I call it Mediocreite. Because who are these prebubescent morons who write there? I don't know. What do they do? Oh, did you hear this one? They watch TV all day. They listen to podcasts and radio. To what end? This was founded by Dan Abrams. Dan Abrams. 
strange looking dude, I must confess. And I always point out, transparency, that he has that dead squirrel super glued to his head. He's bald as a bald eagle. Well, that's not good. He's hairless. He's uh, whatever he is. I am. I don't hide it. I'm transparent. I'm a big deal. Now, this guy is on, what is it, A&E or history with the the courtroom fighting and the this cops and the that thing. I go, then he's on uh, One Nation. So he founded Mediocreite. And I guess he's in charge of the people who work there. All it is is like The View and, and the Media Matters. Just a bunch of punks who sit around. Hey, you want to hear about that? Oh, look, Trump. Oh, my God. Look, look Tucker. Uh, uh, with Hannity. Uh, look, oh, my God. Look at that. Is this how you want to be remembered? Is this how you want to be remembered? As a bunch of losers? Apparently so. But I'm just saying in my case, on radio, we lay it all out there for free. No subscription, just go to MarkLevinShow.com. I don't get anything out of it. MarkLevinShow.com. Audio Rewind, right, Mr. Producer? And we've made it easy for you to find us there. We've made it easy for you to pull up the, the broadcast. After the fact. 45 minutes after the show is over. And it'll be sitting there for five years. What was it that Mark said 12 days ago? I don't. I know you don't do that. I'm just saying. It's there. So there's Media Matters. We raised $28 million. And so let me tell you. This is our plan, Mr. Soros. I ask you, Schweinhood, what is your plan? Here's our plan, Mr. Soros. We're going to monitor radio, particularly this guy, Levin, who we're obsessed with. And we will put out titles and clips. We will have the audio, which, of course, they don't say they rip it off from our website. We'll have the audio. But, of course, it takes people to monitor this. We've got Fredo over here. and Oh, yes. We've got all kinds. We have uh, Carl over here, as in Karl Marx. We've got all kinds of people here. And we have to pay their salaries and their meals, you know, when they go out and they meet people. And we like to give them a pension and medical plan here. And We only need 48 people to do this job, Mr. Soros. Okay, get to it. Helly, march, march. One, two, march. And, uh... That's what they do. And it's right there on my website. My website is free. Well, somebody tell Mr. Soros my website is free. He can download whatever he wants. And I'm proud of it. Despite their best efforts to twist stuff. It's okay. Mediaite is an also ran. They're desperately trying to be just like them. And they have, uh, they have Dan Abrams here who uh, tries to position himself. I don't know what he is. He's kind of the Jerry Springer type, if you ask me. He's a Jerry Springer type. And so is Mediaite. 
be frank, frank with you. So it's media. But they don't need to do this. I do it myself. In fact, you can look up what I say by using certain words, can't you, Mr. Medusa? We have such cutting-edge technology on that website. I hope the Chinese haven't stolen it yet. We have such cutting-edge technology on that website, you can plug in a few words, and various shows will, will pop up. It's called Audio Burst. It's right there. We, uh, we're right there on the front. Audio Burst. We have it. And don't we call it Audio Burst right there, Mr. Producer? Right in the front. Many of you haven't gone to this website. So I would tell the media, Maggot Haberman, Jeremy uh, Pickle, whatever his name is, uh, Philip Bump. Why, why are they all so weird with their names? In fact, right here on Mediate, Top New York Times journalists signed letters slamming their own union and row over trans coverage. So wait, 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 this is a mouthful. So the New York Slimes journalists, such as they are, sign a letter slamming their union, such as it is, over transgenderism coverage. That's all in one sentence. But doesn't it not say everything you need to know about the radical left and the corrupt media? I think it does. Dozens, and you still don't understand what they're fighting about. Dozens of the New York Slimes' most well-known journalists signed a letter Tuesday slamming the leadership of their own union for defending the newspaper writer's right. The paper's writer's right to criticize workplace conditions in relation to an ongoing row over the Times' coverage of trans rights. Now, who wrote this? Alex Griffin, or whatever. Do you understand what this fight's about, Mr. Real? I don't even from that sense. Do you? This most recent letter, in what is quickly becoming a major dust-up at the Slimes, was drafted by Times correspondent Jeremy Peters. Now, Jeremy Peters always has his nose at a joint. May I say that? Uh, he's another slime ball who's taken shots. And has collected dozens of signatures from top writers like Peter Baker. What's with the word Peter in the New York Times? We got Jeremy Peters. We got Peter Baker. A lot of Peters there, Mr. Producer. Charlie Savage. Michael Brabham. Kate Zernicki. I do not see Maggot Haberman. Is she not on the inn here? Is she not part of the vanguard? Now, Peter's letter is addressed to the News Guild of the New York President, Susan the Carava takes direct aim at her response to the initial set of letters criticizing the Times. Your letter appears to suggest a fundamental misunderstanding of our responsibilities as journalists. <coughs> Regretfully, our own union leadership now seems determined to undermine the ethical and professional protections that we depend on to guard the independence and integrity of our journalists. What the hell are you talking about, Peters? What are you talking about, Schmo? You don't even. The whole episode began last week when two letters signed by hundreds of activists, celebrities, pro LGBTQ NGOs. Oh my God! And Times contributors accused the paper of biased coverage of transgender people and demanded a series of reforms. Boy, that paper was already going to hell. Now it's definitely going to hell, with the likes of Jeremy Peters in charge of this rebellion. 
But isn't it fun when radicals fight radicals, when Marxists fight Marxists, Mr. Producer? DeCarver responded to those letters sent on behalf of groups like GLAAD and the Human Rights Campaign by writing on the Internal Times Guild listserv that employees are protected and collectively raising concerns that conditions of their employment constitute a hostile working environment. This was the concern explicitly raised in the letter at issue here. Does anybody know what they're talking about? What are they fighting over? I can't tell. I know who the players are, but who did what to whom? Factual, accurate journalism that is written, edited, and published in accordance with time standards does not create a hostile workplace. Oh, Jeremy and his Peters, uh, Jeremy Peters, rather, apparently thinks it does. This is what happens, ladies and gentlemen, with Marxism, with a lack of conformity. This is what happens. The Times Guild replied to the Peters letter in a statement to Vanity Fair. Ooh, now Vanity Fair is getting involved. Management at the Times took issue with employees signing on to the original two letters, accusing we got letters flying, we got uh, transgenderism going on, we got we got uh, Peter ba- uh, Peter and his uh, Baker and uh, Jeremy Peters and Peters here and there. We've got uh, all kinds of stuff going on there at the New York Slimes, ladies and gentlemen. Just not journalism. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. After the bottom of the hour, we're going to have the chief muckety-muck of Convention of States on the program, Mark Meckler, the things happening in two states that I want to bring to your attention, to the attention of the people in these states. This, to me, is fundamentally, fundamentally the most substantive way to get our country back. And step by step, we're getting there. I think there's 19 state legislatures that have approved it already. I'll double back and uh, Mark will remind me. But I've often said when we exceed 20, that's when we'll get the other side's attention and come under vicious, vile attack. And this is one of the reasons I keep explaining to you what's going on in the state of Israel. There they are trying to push back from a judicial oligarchy and a legal Politburo that's running their country. And that's the sort of thing that's going to happen here. You've already seen it with Joe Biden when he doesn't get his way or they lose a midterm election. Democracy is dying. And uh, and they get violent. And they are spreading absolute lies. These are complete demagogues. And that's. That's not what's happening with the left in Israel. The left in America, the left in Israel, the left in Europe, it's all the same damn thing. Same with the media. Including Jeremy and his Peters and Peter and his Baker and all the rest of it. Same thing. There were the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost. It's been something I've been meaning to talk to you about. I don't know if I'm going to get to it tonight, but I'll get to it one of these days, Mr. Producer in America. It's an excellent piece that was written, I guess it was written yesterday, by uh, Jerry Dunleavy inside the University of Delaware's years-long fight to keep Biden papers hidden from the public. 
this to me is something that is really unbelievable. Now, they say the FBI has been in there. They've looked at some of that. We're talking about tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of documents, America. And it's got to be related more to whether or not he took classified information. This is this has to be a treasure trove of Joe Biden corruption and racism. Why else are they covering it up so thoroughly? I'll be right back. I got a note from Mark Meckler, uh, the head muckety-muck at Convention of States, which is kicking hard. It's, it's a vibrant, active organization. Uh, the goal is to save the country and to reinstitute our constitutional republic. Mark, welcome back. You have some updates for us. I do. First of all, Mark, thanks for the promotion to head muckety-muck. I'm honored. <laughs> I could have called you baby doc, but I thought muckety-muck was better. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's a lot going on out there, Mark, right now. I'm actually in Wyoming as we speak, and we have a committee hearing first thing tomorrow morning. Uh, you said it, right? You said there's 19 states that have passed. Actually, 19 and a half if you count the Wyoming Senate that we've already passed. So tomorrow morning we'll be in the House Revenue Committee. That hearing starts at 7.30 a.m. Uh, and really, uh, on Wyoming, I have a specific question for you, if you don't mind. I know you wrote the book on this, the Liberty Amendments, that got a lot of people started on this. I hear from a lot of legislators the idea that they're worried, and, and they're hearing this, by the way, from John Burke's society who's working side-by-side side with Common Cause and the League of Women Voters promoting abortion. All these groups talk about the runaway convention. And I know you wrote a little bit about that. Would you mind addressing that for some of these legislators? Yes. A runaway convention is an impossibility because a convention of states, you have 34 states that are represented, States used to meet all the time, get together, make some decisions. But in order to amend the Constitution, you need 38 states to ratify. So whatever comes out of this convention of states still has to be ratified by 38 states, either by the legislatures or by convention. So how could you possibly have a runaway convention? The runaway convention is the Supreme Court. The runaway convention is a president with a pen and a phone signing executive orders. A runaway convention is a Congress that violates the Budget Act, that violates debt ceilings. We have a runaway convention that meets every single day in Washington, D.C. So the Article 5 Amendment of the Constitution process via the state legislatures can never be a runaway convention. In fact, the difficulty is going to be not just getting the 34 states that call for a convention of states, but to then get ratified what comes out of that convention by the 38 states. So I never understood this runaway convention argument. It's an absolute impossibility. And I find it interesting that the radical left-wing groups of course they don't support Convention of States. Their arguments are, are absolute lies. They don't believe in the Constitution in any respect. The John Birch Society is a radical organization that you can fit in an old-time telephone booth. And the idea that they have any influence over this process is laughable. 
But anybody who actually understands it, reads the Constitution, understands the history, understands what it takes to amend the Constitution is very difficult. And Convention of States is even more difficult. But we know we will not get what is needed out of Congress because Congress in Washington has created the problem in the first place. Have I explained it yeah. fairly clearly? That's, that's perfect, Mark. And I know there's going to be committee members listening tonight, so I really appreciate that. In Iowa right now, I actually just came from Iowa before I came to Wyoming. Uh, we passed the Senate subcommittee there today, two to one. A House subcommittee hearing is tomorrow, 730. So for folks who are in Wyoming or Iowa, man, now's the time in Wyoming. Call your House members. Let them know you want them to pass it. And Iowa, again, Senate and the House calls. Here's another one, Mark. So much happening once in New Hampshire. And this is the first time this happened. We passed the House committee 13 to 5 last week. Actually, in a bipartisan vote, really good. A House floor vote probably tomorrow. Uh, and it's an interesting legislature. A lot of people don't realize it's 400 in their House of Representatives. So it is a huge state legislature. Uh, so we're going to have a floor vote there tomorrow probably. Kansas passed their House committee 13 to 10 this week. So next steps onto the House floor. That's within the next few weeks. North Carolina, you might remember we passed that in the House but not the Senate last year. This year, we expect the bill to be introduced any day by Representative Dennis Riddell, our great champion in the House. House leadership intends to pass it again. We, we think we look better in the Senate this time. We just had a nervous leadership there. Idaho, we have the support of leadership in both houses. There is a lot going on all over the country. Which is fantastic. And I, I tell people, you not only have millions of members, you have hundreds and hundreds of true activists who volunteer Enormous amounts of time, a fantastic staff, you truly do. I don't give a lot of speeches in the course of the year, but when Mark Meckler calls, we try and figure out how to do it because this is something I really believe in. And I just want the legislators in Wyoming and Iowa and elsewhere to understand it's impossible to have a runaway convention. Uh, This is the first step towards the ratification of an amendment uh, by 38 state legislatures or conventions. So... uh, if you want to look at it simply, it's really the state legislatures acting in lieu of Congress. You could look at it that way if you want. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, the reason this has come up at all, the reason there's a groundswell for this, the reason why there's tens of millions of listeners here and, and Americans who support this, because we're following the constitutional system. There's a, not a runaway anything. It is the constitutional system. If you claim you're a constitutionalist, and then you start cherry-picking the parts that you don't like, then you're not a constitutionalist. You're a leftist. And as far as the state legislators go, they have a responsibility. They have a duty under the federal constitution, under Article 5, to help save this country. And Article 5 gives them uniquely, solely, gives them the power to save this country. It was handed to the state legislatures by the delegates at the Constitutional Convention, a couple of days before they they left. They said in the end, you know, we got to fix this. So you can amend the Constitution one way, which they don't do. They just get court orders and so forth. But in order to push back, the state representatives, the states, you know, the funny thing is, Mark Meckler, I hear people, state reps, states, whine all the time. Oh, the Federal Environmental Protection Agency pushes us around Wyoming, right? The Interior Department and BLM, which is part of the Interior Department, the Agriculture Department. Look what they're doing here. Well, what do you want to do about it? Whine about it? Because let me tell you something. 
Chuck Schumer's from New York City. Pelosi's from San Francisco. Hakeem Jeffries is from New York City. These people don't know a damn thing about Wyoming. And they could care less about the Constitution. So if you want to fix it, if we can't get states like Wyoming and Iowa and New Hampshire, well, then we can't get anybody at this point. So it's very, very important that people understand that they put aside the John Birch Society, that they ignore Common Cause and the League for Women. These are the latter two big government radical activists aligned with the Democrat Party. They are thrilled that we live in a post-constitutional America. And the John Birch Society, well, they're always angry about something. Anyway, there you go. Yeah, you know, Mark, and I would add, we have in some of these states, I obviously you remember Andy Biggs, we used to call him King Biggs when he was in the Arizona legislature, single guy stopping the legislature from passing this, you know, behaving like a tyrant. We've got the same thing going on in South Dakota right now. We, we've got a legislator who's one in the leadership, Schoenbeck is his name. He's the new king, I would guess, King Schoenbeck. I think we have the votes in the South Dakota legislature. He killed us this year, wouldn't let it get out of committee. Uh, so you get tyrants, these little petty tyrants in some of these states. They claim to be constitutional conservatives. Uh, they're nothing of the sort. Look, anybody who won't take a stand against the federal government, they're not a conservative in any sense of the word. That's the irony. That's one of the things that infuriated me about Biggs on all the speaker stuff. Where he's positioning himself as the true conservative. And then you have uninformed people at Newsweek. Uninformed people with the Texas Policy Organization. Morons, in fact, who say, well, Biggs, you know, you're under my... No, Biggs. Thank God he was sent to Washington. Then Arizona could actually pass the resolution. It's the only sure way that we can get our Constitution back. And he stopped it because he's too ignorant and too, uh, has too much hubris. Uh, and who is this Sean Beck? What position does he hold in South Dakota? I believe he's the Senate president there, and he sits Another on the one. main committee. That, yeah, sits on the main committee that decides what goes out to the floor and actually gets voted on. So he literally just never lets us have a debate. We have an incredible grassroots army in South Dakota. As you can imagine, I mean, getting to the Capitol in South Dakota is not easy. It's a very small town. A lot of people, very few people live there. And we have activists come from all of the states, show up at 7 in the morning, and basically just treats them with disdain and disrespect. And again, he operates like a tyrant and we're going to continue to put pressure on him. We're never going to stop coming back. We're going to pass it there eventually. Uh, I don't care if we have to wait until he's out of office, if we have to chase him out of office, but we're going to pass it there. Yep. And you know, we will for sure. Our activists are involved in elections all over the country, Mark. This is something that's new in the last few years. We participated in over 450 elections around the country, and we're going to continue to go after the people who stand against convention of states. You know, a vote for convention of states is a vote to say that the states should control how much power Congress has. The idea that States wouldn't want to do that to me is outrageous. Folks that don't want to do that should go home. They shouldn't be in state government. Sean Beck is the president. I, we were just told of the Senate in South Dakota, the Republican Senate. And one man is blocking the whole thing the way Andy Biggs did in Arizona. And you get these guys and they use the same lies because they'd rather sit there and whine about the federal government and its imposition of its regulations and its rules on the farmers and the ranchers 
of the people in rural states like in South Dakota then actually do something about it. So if you're unhappy with federal environmental rules, with the Department of Interior and BLM, with uh, with the Department of Agriculture and Department of Energy killing your your farms and your ranches and the value of your private property, you can blame Sean Beck. Sean Beck. Sean Beck, whoever the hell that is, the president of the Senate in South Dakota. You should politely and civilly, I said politely and civilly, contact his office and tell me either the help or get the hell out of the way. But it's not a one-man dictatorship in the South Dakota legislature. All right, my friend, if people want to learn more about Convention of States, where do they go? They go to conventionofstates.com. The first thing you do is sign the petition, and then really importantly, click on the Take Action tab. Mark, you got to see a lot of our activists when you were with us down in Florida. Wonderful. We are serious people, seriously fighting to change the country. So folks go to conventionofstates.com. They can join us. Fantastic. And I hope you all do. And thank you very much, Mark Meckler, and fill us in on what happens. Thanks, Mark. God bless you. God bless you, too. That guy is great. His wife is great. The whole group is great. Just one great confab, but I'm serious. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Does anybody know where Bayo Fon is? Bayo Fon, Mr. Producer? Does anyone know where Bayo Fon is? Bayo Fon. Founder of investment bank, China Renaissance Holdings, LTD. It's gone missing. You think Russia is the only one that disappears, people? Uh, China's very good at it. They've been doing it a long time. This is a guy who's gone missing. And it's unnerving investors, we're told, by Reuters, sending its stock down as much as 50%. Mainland China-based boutique bank said in an exchange filing late on Thursday, the company has been unable to contact Bayo. They may need a uh, seance, Mr. Producer, to contact Bayo. Bayo is probably not with us any longer. Whatever happened to that woman tennis player who dared to rat out one of their bigs for raping her? I don't remember hearing from her either. China Renaissance Board was not aware of any information that indicated Bayo's unavailability. His disappearance is the latest in a series of cases of high-profile Chinese executives going missing with little explanation during a sweeping anti-corruption campaign. That's what they use to try and take these guys out because they have too much information on guys like Xi. Probably saw Xi in women's underwear or something. No wonder I'll never be able to go to China. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, our truckers, and the men and women. The men and women in Taiwan and Ukraine, the freedom fighters, and most of all, I salute you. You great patriots. 